Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. So I'm going to speak to you today about moving from provision to prosperity. And I want you to understand the distinct differences between the two. Because a lot of times as Christians, we just want to talk about provision, provision. And that's wonderful, of course. God's going to provide. We're going to see provision. But we need to go from seeking provision to becoming provision. And prosperity is going to put you in a place where you become provision for whatever is needed. Not only for you, it's going beyond you. Now you're, you're meeting needs. You're building the kingdom. You're advancing the kingdom. Amen. You're not just praying for your daily bread. You're praying to be able to feed 5,000 in one day. Hallelujah. So that's what I want to talk to you about. That provision is not prosperity and prosperity is not provision. And I, I want to make a clear distinction between the two and i want to lay a foundation talking about the journey of the israelites coming out of egypt now i want you to see i mean these these people god's chosen people because god made a covenant with abraham and about his seed but now his seed is in slavery for 400 years i mean think about how many generations that is bible says that 40 years is a generation so we're talking about 10 generations of slavery poverty do you understand me oppression lack and so we're talking about a group of people that came out of egypt and the bible says god brought them out with silver and gold they stripped the egyptians of their wealth because god gave them favor so they didn't actually steal amen god gave them favor and the bible actually says that the israelites handed over their stuff so they didn't actually steal they actually through favor there was a wealth transfer through the favor of god they actually handed stuff over to them they were about to go, yes, came out. The no, yes. They just couldn't say no. The no became yes. When the favor of God kicks in, amen, supernatural things begin to happen. And there was a wealth transfer. So God brought these people out. But the problem was, even though they came out of Egypt, Egypt still hadn't come out of them. You see. And so I want you to see the journey because where they started was the place of less than enough okay Egypt was the place of less than enough they basically survived with less than enough it was a place of less than enough God brought them out and it was an 11 days journey to go into the promised land and that's the place of prosperity that was the place of abundance the land overflowing with milk and honey that they were going to step into an overflow they were going to step into an overflow which would be more than enough Amen. So God brought them out from less than enough and wanted to move them to the place of more than enough. Amen. Because God is the God of abundance. He's El Shaddai. It was El Shaddai that breathed into Abraham the breath of life and said, I will bless you and through your seed I will multiply you and the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's the gospel. The blessing of the nations. Amen. So El Shaddai, the God of abundance, the God, the all-sufficient one, the God of plenty, the God who is more than enough, the God who blesses you and multiplies the blessing through you. Amen. So there's a multiplication. El Shaddai is God's name of multiplication. Amen. Supernatural multiplication. The Lord wanted to move them from a place of less than enough to a place of more than enough. And it was an 11 days journey. Now, you know the story Moses sent out the 12 spies. They went in and they saw the land. 
all 12 saw that it was a place of abundance, blessing. We've never seen anything like it. It was like a dream. It's like, like we were like dreaming. What, what kind of place is this? We've never seen anything like that. The Lord told them that they would live in houses they did not build, that they would have plenty, they would have fruit trees, and they would have just an abundance of everything. Amen? Amen. So they all saw the abundance, and then all 12 saw the giants in the land. Amen? But they came back and brought a report. Ten of them, Bible says, brought an evil report. Because they saw themselves as grasshoppers. That, that these giants would squash them like bugs. They said, we are not able to go in there because of those giants. Yes, it's a land of plenty. Yes, it's an amazing place. But we are not able to do it. And then we know that two of them, Joshua and Caleb, the only two whose names we know. The other one's names are blotted from the Lamb's Book of Life, I'm sure. Because of the evil report they brought and they became a stumbling block to a whole nation. Ten people became a stumbling block to over two million people. Because people listened to them. And the reason they listened to them and believed them is because they still saw themselves in their poverty. Even though the Lord had brought them out of the place from Egypt... They were still, Egypt was still in them. The mindset, as a man thinks, so is he. That mindset was still in them. They, they didn't believe that they deserved it. They didn't believe that they could have it. They didn't believe that they could take those giants out. They believed that they were little tiny grasshoppers, insects. That they believed that they were just nothing. So they couldn't go in and take the land. Even though Joshua and Caleb told them, the Lord is with us. We are well able. Let's go. They started running and they looked back and nobody was following them. They said, the Lord is with us. Yes, we saw the giants. But we will take them out because our God is bigger than those giants. Our God is mighty and he is with us. Let's go and take the land. Let's go possess the land. But the people, they could not see it. They could not. And so what was it? It, it was about a perspective. They saw the giants and they saw themselves. They saw the land, but they also saw the giants, and it was ultimately how they saw themselves and how they saw God was what kept them from making the 11 days journey to go into the land of abundance, to the place of prosperity more than enough. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The promised land, did that not represent abundance? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Overflowing, abundance, yeah. prosperity. Yeah. Amen. So that's what, that was God's will for them. And that's still God's will for his people. But what happened was, because of their disobedience, they were stuck. Kind of like in no man's land. In purgatory. <laughs> they were stuck in the middle. They were stuck in the place of just enough. And think about this. Even in their disobedience, these stiff-necked people, always complaining whining and even some of them wanted to find leaders to take them back to Egypt take me back to less than enough I miss the onions and the leeks you know what the onions and the leeks were that's what they fed the, the animals that worked the oxen they fed they fed the oxen the onions and the leeks and they wanted to go back for the onions and the leeks isn't that amazing? The mindset. So that's why we talk about, that's why I preach this, to get the mindset 
to shift in everybody how you see God how you see yourself and what God has prepared for you so that you can go and possess the land that you can enter into the fullness of his promises the Bible the word says that through faith and patience you will inherit the promises so it's gonna take faith to inherit these promises it's gonna take you to take a hold of these promises so God wanted to take them from less than enough to more than enough but they got stuck in the middle of just enough and you know why because of God's covenant with them even in their disobedience the Lord provided for them but they just basically survived when they had nothing to eat the Lord brought them manna and they could only collect it for one day they couldn't you know if they got greedy trying to collect it for the next two three days it, it would spoil so they had it was just just daily provision just daily sustenance and of course on the sixth day they could gather for two days so they wouldn't have to go out on the Sabbath day, the seventh day. But other than that, manna was just there for one day only. And then they wanted some meat. So God rained quail down from heaven. And they were thirsty. So the Lord brought water out of a rock which followed them. Isn't that wild? And he led them by a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day to give him heat and light in the cold, dark desert at night. And then to give him shade and cool shade and, 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 and in the desert heat but they were stuck in a desert place where nothing could really grow no pomegranates no grapes none of those fruit trees that were in the promised land but they had it and even with the manna my, my god they called it a disgusting thing they, they they complained and murmured against god you know but so even in their disobedience god provided for them you know why because of his covenant promise because he cannot deny himself because he swore by his own name because he introduced himself right he said i am jehovah rapha i'm the lord that heals you one of the seven covenant names and then he says i am jehovah jireh i am the lord your provider so he cannot deny himself because the moment he declared himself jehovah jireh i am the lord your provider he is obligated by his own word and covenant to provide even if when even when people are unfaithful he is faithful and we'll feed on his promises he, he's a good god but you see provision really i'll be honest with you i have to tell you it's because it's god's name of provision provision now let's come into the new testament for a child of god is guaranteed to be honest with you you don't really even have to think much about provision and really pray for provision Provision is guaranteed because you're, his, because you're his child, because he's your heavenly father. If he didn't provide for his children, he would be an evil father. And doesn't, didn't Jesus say, you being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more your father in heaven will give you good gifts? He's the father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. In him there's no darkness, no shadow of turning. He's not a man that he should repent. Amen or lie he doesn't lie he, he cannot deny his word if he said he's, he's a provider then he will provide and the moment he has adopted us into his family as his children he is obligated to provide for us provision is guaranteed provision is God's gift now remember I talked about the difference between being gifted and being rewarded last week salvation is a gift but sanctification is a reward what does that mean because you have to put in the work you have to put in the work you have to get involved 
You have to sow the word into your life. You have to. That's why you see some Christians, they have grown more than others. Why? Because they've put in the work. They've done what it, what it takes to really advance, grow, grow in faith, grow, you know, cultivate their gifts, serving God, maturing spiritually, cultivating more of the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. Those are rewards. They don't just happen by osmosis. You don't grow spiritual just by coming and sitting in church for 20 hours. You don't get sanctified just by sitting in church for 20 hours. That's religion. You take that 20 hours and spend it in praying in tongues and, and, and meditating on the word and confessing scriptures and putting the flesh under and renewing your mind. That's how you're going to grow spiritually. Come on, somebody. So you don't just grow spiritually just by coming and sitting in church. And two people could be sitting next to each other hearing the same message. One will get it and the other one won't get it because it's the condition of the heart. Remember. So you have to get involved working out your salvation with fear and trembling. So provision is guaranteed. It's God's gift to you. It's his covenant responsibility to feed you and to clothe you. Even in their disobedience, God fed them. Just like salvation is a gift, sanctification is a reward. Let me tell you, I, I've never really said it like this before, but I'm going to say it. And I have scriptures to prove it. So if you want to argue theologically with me, let's go at it. But... This is what I heard in my spirit. Provision is a gift. Prosperity and abundance is a reward. Because God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And, and, and let me tell you, I'm diligently seeking prosperity. Not for me, not so I can have all this stuff. Because I want to build the kingdom. I want to build churches. I want to buy buildings. I want to buy land. I want to develop the kingdom of God. I want to build schools. I want to build churches. I want to... Uh, God's... It's on my heart to plant 30 more churches. We've done 14 already. 30 more churches and Bible schools. All that takes money. All, and, and I'm going to do it. I'm personally going to do it. If people don't get involved, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on it. I'm going to prosper so I can build farms and I can build buildings and I can go take teams to the nations. Come on, somebody. That's my vision for prosperity. That's my goal for prosperity. I'm, I'm going to build the kingdom. I'm not satisfied just with provision. Hallelujah. When it comes personally, I'm content. For, I'm content with what I have personally, but I'm discontent because I need more to get the job done. And so I'm going to press in for more. Come on, somebody. Let's go to the famous chapter, the do not worry chapter. In the Sermon on the Mount, I want to show you some things. Matthew chapter 6, do not worry chapter. Starts in verse 25. Jesus speaking says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. So basically, don't worry about the physical. Physic don't worry about the physical needs. See, we are spirit, soul, and body. Body is the least. Spirit is the most important. But unfortunately, when people just fo focusing on the body, just their bodily, physical needs, they live and think in the physical realm. And they, and they think all, everything's natural, natural. But we need to think supernatural. The spirit is supernatural. You see, spirit is supernatural. So don't worry about these things. Don't even take thought for these things. Right? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father. It's interesting. Jesus, he doesn't say God. He says your heavenly Father. 
your heavenly father why because because when he adopts you as his children he becomes your heavenly father he is obligated to provide for you otherwise he would be an evil father that would neglect his children he will never leave you never forsake you even in disobedience he feed he will feed you just like he fed the Israelites but that was not God's best for them that was not God's best for them until that generation passed away and a new generation rose up that who did not know Egypt come on somebody who did not experience Egypt they that was the generation that finally broke that generational curse in a sense the mindset and they said okay let's go and Joshua and Caleb was able to lead them into the promised land they finally crossed over Jordan can you imagine I mean in all their journeys it was a very small area where they traveled and by the time it was like three million people so that's a big group it's a large group of people traveling in the same area they 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 passed by Jordan many many times they saw Jordan on one side is desert on the other side is trees oh I wish we could go there but the Giants I wish I could live in that house the Lord said it's mine but the Giants are living there so see it's how you see yourself So look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them feeds them that's provision are you not more valuable than they are which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature so why do you worry about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin they don't have to really work for it it's it's, it's done Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So for a Christian that is just focused on provision, it's little faith. It doesn't take much faith. So you, you'll be living in the realm of little faith. If all your focus if your whole prayer life your focus your vision for your life is just provision doesn't take much faith you know why because it's done it's guaranteed it, it, it's he's your Heavenly Father it's he, he's he's obligated and he's responsible to clothe you and to feed you right? feed you and clothe you feed you and clothe you I mean that that's about the, the the lowest level of existence to be fed and to be clothed but God has something much bigger for you God has something much bigger for you to move from that place of provision into the place of prosperity I'm already hearing some arguments and some 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 have heard this message for years but somehow somehow right there in the back of your mind right here there, there's that the question mark that still rises up every time and you just wonder I know Pastor Corey can prosper, Pastor Rodney can prosper, that big famous preacher, that, you know, that, that businessman. Yeah, I don't know about me. You need to take this personally. And today, we need to put an end and stop to every question 
every argument that rises up against the knowledge of God because that is the stronghold that is keeping you from moving from the place of provision just enough to the place of more than enough, the place of prosperity. So I want you to lift your hands right now, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. I come against every stronghold, every thought, every question, every idea in the back of everyone's mind right here that is keeping them from moving forward, making that journey into the land of abundance where they've been stuck going around the same place because somehow deep down inside they don't believe and they can't grab that this is for them. In the name of Jesus, I break that, I rebuke that right now off of them in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, come by your fire and burn it into their spirit that they will know that they will know this is your will for them to go to the next level. This is your will for them to prosper in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, say this after me. It is God's will. My heavenly Father's will and desire that I prosper in all things and be in health even as my soul prospers. I receive this personally today. It doesn't matter what my background is. It is mine. I possess the promise. I take a hold of it and I will not let go of it. And no giant, no devil in hell will stop me in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, somebody. If you believe it, give a big shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Because I personally had to overcome this as a young minister. Some 25 years ago, I would see these preachers, you know, building the kingdom, having big meetings, traveling in their jets. And I thought, you know, well, it's for them. But, but it, I had to just say, you know what? It's for me as well. I'm going to take a hold of this. And I am going to break out and I'm going to break through. And maybe for you, for some of you, you'll be the first one in your family. You'll be the first generation. You got 10 generations of poverty behind you. You got 10 generations of bondage behind you. You got 10 generations of slavery behind you. You got 10 generations of less than enough. But you are the generation. I tell you, by the Holy Ghost, you are the generation that's going to rise up. You are the generation that's going to cross over Jordan into the land of promise, into abundance, into prosperity in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a big shout. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm happy to see the reaction because that's what I saw in my dream. Ye of little faith. See, there's little faith and there's a place where Jesus said great faith. Great faith. I want to have great faith. How many of you want to have great faith? Yeah. Hallelujah. Whew. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Feed me, clothe me. Feed me, clothe me. Come on, guys. Let's move beyond that as Christians. Don't be stuck in that no man's land of going around the wilderness for 40 years and perish without appropriating the best that God has for you. I want to see Christians rise up. I'm tired of seeing Christians struggle when we have such an amazing, mighty God that lives on the inside of, inside of us. We have this anointing. We have wisdom. We have all these. We have favor. We have, my God, we have these promises. Let's move forward, guys. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. For after all these things, the Gentiles, or let me qualify that, people who don't have a covenant. Yeah. 
seek after these things. Because they, they have to do it on their own. Because they don't have a covenant of provision. They don't have Jehovah Jireh. They don't have a covenant with the Lord their provider. So they have to toil and, and seek and, and, and chase after these things. But, but, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Building the kingdom and kingdom power, kingdom anointing. I'm talking about being a kingdom builder. Kingdom way of doing things. Kingdom way of thinking. Kingdom vision. Come on, somebody. The kingdom of God doesn't think small. There's no stinking thinking in the kingdom of God. God wants you to think big. Hallelujah. When he wants you to build a, the biggest cruise ship on the planet, don't go build a canoe. Hallelujah. Think big. Let the Holy Ghost inspire big thinking, big vision in you. Hallelujah. And you'll be mocked. Who cares? Many giants will come and who do you think you are? Well, let me tell you who I think I am. And actually, let me tell you who, not just what I think, who I know that I am. I know who I am. I am a child of God. I have the divine nature on the inside of me. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm empowered by the power of God. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. The omnipotent one. The all-powerful one. The omniscient one. The all-seeing, all-knowing one. Hallelujah. The omnipresent one. He lives on the inside of me. I have the ability of the kingdom of God on the inside of me. I got the wisdom of God on the inside of me. I'm quickened by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I have authority over snakes and scorpions. I trample on snakes and scorpions. I speak with new tongues. I, I cast out devils. I lay hands on the sick and they're healed. I walk in the anointing. I have supernatural strategies downloaded into my spirit. That's who I am. You want to hear any? You want to hear more? That's just the beginning. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you'll get like, huh, 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 huh. And you'll, you'll have a lot of religious Christians that will come and think, tell you, who do you think you are? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things, all these things. What, is, what are all these things? Feed me, clothe me, feed me, clothe me. They shall be added on to you. This is addition. I like that. But I got a better formula called multiplication. Provision is addition. Prosperity is multiplication. Provision is addition. Prosperity is multiplication. What kind of multiplication? Uh, like 30-fold multiplication? Like 60-fold multiplication? Like 100-fold multiplication? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing, sufficient for today's its own trouble. So your daily provision is guaranteed. It's, it's your heavenly Father's responsibility to provide for you. You don't even have to worry about it. You don't even really have to. I'll be honest with you. I don't even pray for my personal provision. It's been a long time since I've prayed for provision. I'm believing God and praying for bigger things. My provision just comes. I don't even think about it. It just comes to me. It just comes to me. I think about things and they just come to me. That's the realm we need to live in because when you're building kingdom, you got vision and you're using your faith for bigger things. You're using your faith to help people. You're using your faith for others. And now you're providing for others. You're providing for children's school. You're providing Bible school for ministers. You're providing church for people to come and have the presence of God. You're providing things in the mission field. That's, that's, you're providing. 
you know, this is, this is what we need to start thinking big. Now, that, for me, that's it. But for you, it's going to be something else. But what is it? What is that vision that's, that's burning on the inside of you? Fan the flames. Rekindle that fire. Don't let that fire go out. Don't let the fire, that vision go out. Let it burn on the inside of you. Let it remain hot in you. Let it be the thing that burns in your bones. Let it be the thing that motivates you. In your rising up, in your lying down. When you're rising up, you're not like another day. No, it's like praise God another day. Hallelujah. Another day in the kingdom. I got another opportunity to advance and, and go forward. Hallelujah. And not living in that realm of depression, but living in the realm of joy and victory. Come on, somebody. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But pastor, you're talking about prosperity. Look at all these wicked people. Look at what they're planning at the G20, World Economic Forum. You know, they want to create a cashless society. And then they want to have central bank digital currencies and chip people and tie money and control everything. Uh, what about that? Who cares? Why are you talking to me about the giants? What about the great reset? I got, I got God's great reset for you. Favor. Divine wealth transfer. How about the great awakening? God's answer to the great reset, the wicked agenda. And it is wicked. And it's getting worse by the day. They were openly speaking about chipping people, tying vaccine IDs, vaccine passports to digital IDs, central bank digital currency, total control. Who cares? Huh? Pastor, what about the Pope? Did you see that? They had the 10 new commandments this last week at Mount Sinai. The Pope and a whole bunch of religious leaders of different religions around the world Holding hands together, singing Kumbaya, you know. We are the world, you know. They passed the 10 new commandments of climate change. They repented for being the vermin that pollutes the humankind. Mankind is the vermin, the virus that pollutes the planet, and we all need to reduce the population. It's all that wicked eugenics population control agenda. It's all demonic. It's only, only, only Satan will think of these things. Satanic agendas. Antichrist. What about that, Pastor? Well, I got, you know, I got Psalm 2 for you. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? God calls it vain things that they're plotting. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rules take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed or antichrist. That's what it is against, antichrist. The anointed Christ saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens... Laugh. <laughs> Pastor, what about the great reset? <laughs> I only got great prosperity on my mind. Hallelujah. I only got great prosperity on my lips. Hallelujah. I got great awakening. I'm thinking great awakening. I'm, th I'm, talking about, I'm, I'm thinking about taking great territory for the kingdom of God. I'm going in. Hallelujah. Look at those giants. My God is bigger. Let's go. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree 
The power of a decree is so important. That's why you have to decree in your life, prosperity is my destiny. You have to decree it. Abundance is my portion. I serve a mighty God. I'm going to do big things for the kingdom of God. I am anointed. Power of the decree that comes out of your mouth is so important. You might say, Pastor, I'm literally homeless right now. I'm living out of my car. Pastor, I'm literally living in a trailer park right now. What do I do? I don't even have a job. Let me tell you, that's where you might be right now. But that's not where you're going to remain. You are coming out of Egypt. And you're not just going to be stuck in the place of just enough. You're going into your destiny. You're going in. Your destination is the place of abundance. More than enough. Come on, believe it. Speak it. Receive it. Say it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. We got to chase out all those little foxes that are running around in your mind, spoiling the vine. Little thoughts, the little foxes that are running around, I don't know about that for me. You know, my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather. Huh? Why are you looking in your past? You need to be looking into your future. doesn't matter what your past is. doesn't matter what your past is. Because he says, I know the plans I have for you. These plans are in your future. Plans to give you hope. And a future plans to prosper you. Prosper you. Future. God always looks at the future. He has forgotten your past already. He's buried in the sea of forgetfulness. You need to just break out of that and you need to look to the future. You need to grab a hold of the things of God. Mighty God that you serve and move into the big things that God has for you. Come on somebody. He has plans to prosper you. He didn't say, well, I have plans just to make sure that I feed you and clothe you. You know, just that you survive, get by. You're either going to have a survival mentality or you're going to have a revival mentality. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. Are you getting something out of this today? Hallelujah. I will declare a decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give the nations for your inheritance. And the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled. But a little, blessed are those who put their trust in him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So, coming into the New Testament, the new creature who has been made partaker of the divine nature. I mean, once you realize what's on the inside of you, why worry about your body? Feed and clothe the body. When you've got but pastor what have I got well, let me tell you let me tell you what you got go with me let's take a little stroll through the book of Ephesians Paul's epistle to the Ephesians one of the great epistles about our identity in Christ who we are in Christ the mystery of the new man putting on Christ putting on the anointing the garment of the anointing being clothed, endued, and clothed with power from on high. 
after his little quick opening, greetings, blessings, he goes right into it. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Boom. The grand opening. I greet you, brothers, sisters, and may the grace of the Lord be with you. And let me tell you. <laughs> that you have been blessed. Blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Blessed. Blessed. Empowered to increase and multiply, be fruitful, to replenish, to subdue, and to have dominion. Blessed. I think my bone marrows are blessed right now. Allah, he gets right to the point. You better know who you are in Christ. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. What does that mean? You have received the spiritual empowerment. The real life, the real you is what you have in the spirit, not the body that you put something on and feed. So get, get off this whole feed me, clothe me mindset. Recognize what's on the inside of you, this spiritual blessing. But now it's hidden, right? You don't see it. That's why the Bible calls it a mystery, right? But that's why all of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest. So you are the one to take this spiritual blessing and to manifest it in the natural realm, right? Everything that's visible comes from the invisible. Everything seen comes from the unseen. Everything natural comes from, from the realm of the spirit. So what you have on, on the inside of you is the potential of God, the unlimited resources, the unlimited power, the anointing, and then the wisdom of God, the strategies, the divine things that God wants to manifest through your life. But you have to take this. You have to do this. It's going to be a reward of your faith. You have to walk this out. You can't bury it. You know what happens to the ones that bury it? It gets taken away. But the one who took the five talents, multiplied it, made ten. The one who took the two talents, multiplied it, made four. Well done. Why? Because they well did. They did something. You have to do something with what's on the inside of you. You got to walk it out. And you are the one to manifest this. All of creation is waiting. All, most of the world, all they've seen is a bunch of religion. They're waiting for the supernatural church to rise up. They've seen the religious church. They've seen the religious church, the repulsive religious church, that religious Christian sour face. Man, man. Complaining, bickering, whining, fear, fleshly, carnal, baptized in vinegar. That's what, that's what most of the world's seen. That soft Christian that has no substance. But it's time for the powerful Christians to rise up and manifest the kingdom of God. So that the world can see. Hallelujah. That the kingdom of God is not in word but it's in power. It's not in just word but it's in power. Hallelujah. So you got to take the spiritual blessing and manifest it. You're going to take it and it's going to produce things in the natural. It could be a multi-million dollar business that builds the kingdom. It could be a 
multinational ministry that's going to shake nations. Whatever it is, it's going to flow out of it. The overflow has to come. You've got to live out of the overflow coming out from your belly. Hallelujah. And then go, I'm going to give you two prayers, and you're going to pray these prayers because I'll tell you right now, these two prayers in Ephesians are powerful. There's one in chapter 1 and one in chapter 3. How many of you, I've shared about the prayers that Paul prayed. How many of you know about the prayers that Paul prayed? Okay, if you don't know, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm sharing it again. All right, so you ready? The first one starts in chapter 1, verse 16, when Paul begins to pray. I'm still not really sure, Pastor, this whole prosperity thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know if the blessing of the Lord makes me rich or just somebody else rich, you know. That's why he prays. I do not cease to give thanks for you. This is going to come from the Amplified Classic. Making mention of you in my prayer. So this is a prayer that he's praying for the church. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Come on, lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over your people. I pray over the church. I pray for those watching. May you, in the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, grant to them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Of insight into mysteries and secrets. In the deep and intimate knowledge of you. May these things explode on the inside of them, become real to them. Hallelujah. I pray over them that they, that they have the eyes of their heart flooded with light. So that they can know and understand the hope to which you have called them. How rich. You would think I just cussed in, in some churches, you know. Religion doesn't want to hear this. How rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints? He's talking about your inheritance. It's not a barely get by inheritance, it's a rich inheritance, it's an inheritance of abundance. He's set apart ones. You are the one set apart. You're set apart for a divine mission. And I pray over them, Father, in Jesus' name, so that they may know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Hallelujah. I mean, look at this, immeasurable. What's on the inside of you? Immeasurable. How much is in you? It's immeasurable. <laughs> Hallelujah. Unlimited. <laughs> Surpassing greatness of his power at work in you. That you get a revelation of the unlimited, immeasurable surpassing greatness of his power in you take these prayers personalize them pray over pray them what does that mean father i thank you i pray over myself just put their hands on you thank you lord grant me spirit of wisdom and revelation pray these over you personalize them speak them over and pray them over yourself 
these these prayers and then the, uh, the one in Colossians and Philippians, the four prayers of Paul. That's how I built my ministry, praying these every day in the first early several years of my ministry. You know, when I started the church in Turkey, you know, we're just getting going. I just had the church in the Bible school and I had a lot of time, didn't have a staff, didn't have anybody, wasn't even on salary, nothing. I just go to the church in the morning. I pray in tongues for two, three hours and I take these prayers and pray them, pray them, speak them. Every single day I did that for somebody. Said, how, how, where did you learn how to pastor? Uh, praying these prayers. Uh, uh, how did you learn to build this multi-million dollar company? Praying these prayers. How did you build an international ministry touching nations? Praying these prayers. Hallelujah. Then go to chapter 3. Ephesians 3. The second prayer there starts in 14. Verse 14. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ. See, greatness of this plan. His plan is not feed you, clothe you only. He's got much bigger plan than that. Come on, somebody. I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, the Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and drives its name. May he grant you. See, another grant. Come on, lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, may you grant, may you grant out of the rich treasury of your glory, to these people to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling their innermost being and personality. Hallelujah. Rich treasury. Not, there goes that word rich again. God doesn't think anything small. He's not a God of poverty. He's a God of prosperity. He's a God of abundance. He's a God of big plans. He's a God of abundantly supplying he's a god of supernaturally empowering he's a god of raising people out of nothing into something mighty to do exploits come on hallelujah glory to god may christ father in the name of jesus may christ through their faith actually dwell settle down abide make us permanent home in their hearts May they be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you may, that they may have the power to be and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. May they experience your love. That it's not just head knowledge, but they experience that love. That's my prayer, Father, in Jesus' name. Experience that love. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it? That they may really come to know, practically through experience for themselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that they may be filled through all their being onto all the fullness of God, that they may have the richest, there's that word again, that richest measure of the divine presence and become a body holy or completely filled and flooded with God himself. Filled and flooded with God. Filled and flooded. I mean, everything just comes out of this being filled and flooded. It just overflows out of you. It just overflows out of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then it leads to the famous verse 20. Now to him. 
who, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly. I like that word. Super abundantly. Come on, somebody say super abundantly. Lord, do super abundantly in my life. Super abundantly. Far over and above all that we dare ask. You need to dare ask. How dare you? Oh, yes, I'm going to dare. I double dare. I dare ask and think big. Far above, far over and above all that we dare ask or think. That's why I focus so much on the thinking. The wilderness mentality. They had the wilderness mentality. They were stuck in the wilderness. They just thought that that's all they could ever have. Feed me, clothe me. And of course, you know, they had the clothes on their back didn't wear out. And the shoes on their feet didn't wear out. But they wore the same thing for 40 years. Come on, ladies. How, how, you know, it's like some guys could probably get it. You know, it's the same T-shirt and jeans, but come on. But I mean... I, I cannot see myself wearing the same thing every day for 40 years. Are you kidding me? That's, that's taking off the old nature. Putting on the new nature. Putting on Christ. Putting on the anointing. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm just happy I got shoes. You know, they don't wear out for 40 years. I've been wearing the same. You know what? No. I want a closet full of shoes. You know, ladies, come on. You never have enough shoes, do you? I like watches. I, how many watches do you have? I don't know. I, I had a whole bunch of watches. I gave them all away when I came to left Turkey. I gave like eight watches away. I came with one. And now I got, I'm back to like having ten watches again. They just keep coming to me. I was in Turkey. There was a businessman from Kenya visiting. And I hadn't seen him in five years. He came to KBF. And I spoke at KBF, Kingdom Business Festival. He said, man, that blessed me so much. He came and sticks money in my hands. He says, go buy yourself a watch. And I was believing to get another watch. So I said, okay, when I get back, I'll get another watch. Why do you have like watches? I like watches. I like shirts. Hallelujah. Some people like boats. I don't really care for a boat, you know. Amen. I do like getting on a boat to go, you know, kill some fish. Hallelujah. People have different things. It'll give you the desires of your heart because I'm not really seeking after those things. I don't really care. But they just keep, they'll come to you. Why? Because you just think about it, things will come to you. But you, you know, think big. This is a challenge for us to think big. Come on, somebody, think big. Ask big and think big. We told you this is this is gonna be a big year. Next year is gonna be bigger. The year after that will be the biggest. So get ready. You ain't seen nothing yet. There's still a month and a half left. There's still a month and a half yet. We're having our best year here. We're having the best year financially of this ministry, the church here. We're having our best year with winning souls. We're having our best year. We're on television. We're reaching. Our, trust me, our, our outreach is growing. We're broadcasting. I got the church, the new building in Turkey. I've got things the Lord's speaking to me about for next year. You just can't have enough vision. In the kingdom of God. When you think you have a big vision, you realize, and then you, and then you see somebody else with a bigger vision, you go, oh my God. That's why you got to get around people with big vision. Let that get on you. 
That's why I speak vision to you so that you start dreaming and believing and asking and that you break out and you rise up and be more than what you thought you could ever be. Far above. Far over and above. Super abundantly. More than what you ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly. God's not, I, I'm sorry, I have to repent. I said from going from provision to abundance, I, I apologize. Going from provision to superabundance. I mean, God you, likes using more, bigger adjectives. So even when you say, yeah, he's a big, even when you say abundance, it's like not doing it justice. It's superabundance. You believe in prosperity, extreme prosperity. Let me qualify. I'm not going to apologize. For believing God for big things. I, we got very little time left. Right. Yes. We got very little time. We're, these are the last days. The end is near. Jesus is coming soon. We got to reach nations. Uh, there's no time to play, waste time. I, I, can't, I, don't, I don't have 10 years. I, I, need, I, I need to get things that are done in 10 years in one year. There needs to be a supernatural acceleration. There needs to be a superabundance. The church needs to get moving because we've got Gideon's army. And the rest are sleeping, unfortunately. Now, are you ready for this? I, I, I got to finish it. Super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. You, you can get drunk on that verse right there. I mean, you can get smashed. Highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Pastor, what do I do, you know? You know what? Get a hold of God and have him inspire something in you. Something big. Something big. Make yourself available. That's all he's looking for. Someone that's available. Not able, but available. Just make yourself available. Be, be the vessel that God can use. Pour into. Hallelujah. And in closing. In closing. So you have to understand provision is God's gift. It's there for the, for the Christian. Just there for the Christian. Just, Father, what he says, your Father knows you have need of these things. And you have not because you ask not. So if you have to ask, ask. But once you move beyond that, you stop, you don't even, you stop asking for provision. You're asking for nations. You're asking for bigger things. And the provision just gets added to you. Because now you gone from the place of addition to the place of multiplication. Now God is multiplying things through you. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. And let me tie this to also to giving. Because it's very important that you understand. The tithe is for your provision, which is addition. But the offering, the seed, is for your production, which is multiplication. The tithe is for addition. The offering is for multiplication. Because remember, Jesus said, when you sow seed into good ground, that's where you get the seed that's where you get the 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. That's 3,000% increase, 6,000% increase, 10,000% increase. All right? Now watch this. The tithe prepares the ground. The ground is soaked, blessed, it's ready. But the tithe doesn't bring the multiplication. The tithe brings, keeps you in the place of provision, protection, in the blessing. But to see the real increase, that's where the seed comes in. Once you become a tither... If you're not even tithing, you got to start there. 
the ten percent, the one tenth, that's the Lord's portion. You bring to the house, to the house of the Lord, into the kingdom. It doesn't go to Aunt Susie. It doesn't go to the Samaritan's Purse. It doesn't go to uh, the Cancer Society. It doesn't go to the Save the Whales Foundation, Hug the Trees Foundation. It goes to the kingdom. It goes to the local church. And that means you got to be planted in the local church as well, right? You're planted. You're grounded in the local church. You're part of the vision. You bring the tithe into the storehouse that there is food in the house. Then he says... If I will not open for you the floodgates of heaven, pour you out a blessing. Now, the floodgates, the rain has come. See? The rain has come. The ground is soaked. It's wet. It's ready. And now you sow your seed. Seed is where the multiplication really comes. That's why you find that when people that sowed radical seed, just like Isaac sowed seed in the land of famine. But because the Lord... Lord said, I will bless you here. The ground was blessed. So when he sowed seed, even though there was famine around them, the ground was blessed because the Lord spoke the blessing. Because I made a covenant with your father. And because of my covenant that I made with your father, I will bless you. Stay right here. And Isaac realized because of the blessing, now I got to do something. See, it's, there was a reward of him. He didn't just sit around. He went out and worked. He went out and basically, if you think about it, started a farm in the middle of a drought. He started a farm and he started sowing seed and in the same year he reaped 100 fold man that's powerful in the same year and the bible says the man prospered and continued to prosper until he became very prosperous to where the philistines envied him it's time for the church to stop envying the philistines and it's time for the philistines to start envying the church we have the covenant they don't have the covenant let them who don't have the covenant envy us God wants to bless his people so much and increase them so much, multiply them so much that the world will envy. And they'll want to come and be a part of it. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.